Hello and welcome to the Veristore podcast series. This podcast is going to be around your data anywhere and we're going to be joined by Cumulo today. I'm Jason Grant, Director of Storage and Data Solutions for Veristore and my responsibilities basically cover everything storage or storage related from hardware, software services, as well as understanding the market landscape and helping customers sort of navigate all the solutions that are available in the marketplace. I'm joined today by Brian Mitchell, who is a solutions architect with Cumulo. Welcome, Brian. Hey, great to be here. Thank you. I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about Cumulo and, and specifically Cumulo just reached unicorn status. So if you could elaborate a little bit on that and kind of tell us what that means to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, Jason, thanks for having me here. Yes, uh, you know, Cumulo helps customers manage your file data anywhere at any time. And that's a really important point for any company. When we reach Unicorn status, it's incredibly validating as well. You know, we started this journey about eight, eight and a half years ago. Our vision was to help customers with their file data. These days, we're doing just that across the wide swath of verticals, media entertainment, healthcare, public sector, and even research computing. You had mentioned that's an eight-year process. So what does that mean to you? And what are some of the challenges that Cumulo has recently faced and helping customers overcome? Sure, Jason. You know, we look at it in a few ways. One is Cumulo is fueled by two mega industry trends. That first trend is the digitization of our world. Imagine this. You start off your day getting the kids to school. Digital learning would be a great example here. Next, imagine if you need to go to the doctor for, say, an MRI. That's a great example of healthcare being digitized. Finally, you wind down your day by watching Netflix. Streaming content, again, perfect example of digital content. So that's trend number one. The second mega trend is cloud computing. I think we're all familiar with hyperscalers and cloud computing these days. But the big takeaway here is we're able to work with your data anywhere, not just on-prem, not just in the cloud, but cloud computing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, the first mega industry trend you mentioned was the digitization of our world. And it's interesting because we have these conversations with customers all the time about what the buzzword is digital transformation, but you know, what does that really mean? And to us and the experiences and conversations we've had with customers, digital transformation pre-smartphone was customers and, and individuals, for that matter, looking for a way to transform whatever the technology they had to their personal and their business lives. And then fast forward a few years, and now it's, it's having such an impact on business that enterprises are changing the way they do business to sort of take advantage of, of what the latest technology trends are. That's absolutely correct, Jason. Uh, it's really a few factors there. You know, one is everything's mobile, right? So the expectation is, hey, you know, it's got to be delivered across multiple devices, the data's got to be delivered in a timely fashion. And I shouldn't have to rewrite my applications necessarily, right? They should just be able to run anywhere. And, and part of that is also working with, uh, say, say, multiple teams. 
Gone are the days where I have to open up a portal or some sort of application and, and provide them access. I should be able to seamlessly collaborate with different teams, regardless of where they work or live. Definitely. As it relates to high-performance computing and media and entertainment, can we talk a little bit about workflows and, and maybe some of the applications that you've seen in some of the customer environments? Sure. So let me give you a few examples. Uh, let's start off with HPC, specifically uh, next-gen sequencing. NGS, or next-gen sequencing, allows uh, researchers to take a genomic sequence and work with that data. We've started to see that these sequencers produce massive amounts of data, right? The other use case is we're seeing that a lot of these workflows have moved from strictly on-prem to the cloud. The other big trend we're starting to see here is the reduced costs and, and efficiencies when it comes to sequencing. So a lot of times, we'll often see that there's very, a lot of small files, you know, these, these BCL or, or base calls. They're basically unordered DNA sequence fragments. The whole process here is to take that and demultiplex it and assemble those BCL files into a FASTQ format, which is basically like a little text file. That stores all the combined outputs and, and the quality scores. So at that point, we run it against a compute farm typically like a Linux compute farm that does our alignment and variant calling. So what the compute farm is looking at are sequence fragments. They're looking at processing and aligning to a reference genome, such as like the human genome. At that point, that BAM file is a binary file that will store that alignment information. And we're just doing variant calling, looking for any differences between the data and the reference genomes. And we store all that in a VCF file. So we're able to work with all that because we're centralizing the file system. We're able to handle those very small files very efficiently. And the throughput is massive. We can handle that throughput as a shared storage infrastructure with the typical next-gen sequencing workflow. That's awesome. And, you know, obviously, as that workload changes or, or increases, specifically, there's predictable and linear scale and performance as you as you increase the cluster that, that makes up that file system, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the challenges we had at one institute a while back was a lot of giant imaging sets you know, and, and these millions of tiny genetic sequencing scraps, they were very difficult to find, right? They would often require lots of on-prem compute and storage resources. A lot of times when that institute would say, you know, we need to do something else. We need to burst to the cloud. So it's very easy to set up continuous replication. That way, if we need to burst to the cloud and set up those spot instances, we can take advantage of that. And then once we're done, we just tear them down move the data back, and we're done. Again, doing that allows us to quickly spin up and spin down a lot of those compute farms that allow us to quickly run through that sequencing data and easily handle the workflow 
with NGS systems. Yeah. So I guess along the same lines, but slightly different industry, what are some of the impacts that you've seen specifically in the M&E space? And, and what are some of the things that Cumulo is doing to, to help customers in those industries? Sure, Jason. We're seeing a lot of work around animation, broadcast, gaming, post-prod, and visual effects. We're also seeing that a lot of the content creators, they don't want storage. They don't want the compute to get in the way. They're trying to tell excellent stories. They're trying to convey emotion and, and realism. And the number one goal is to make them more efficient to deliver their projects on time within budget. Part of this is being able to centralize a lot of their project assets, right? So often in the past, we've seen a lot of uh, creatives say, look, there's a lot of separate silos out there, right? We have uh, ingest in, in one area. When we go out to begin to build these projects, we have artists in one pod. Maybe we have editors in another pod. In other cases, we'll often talk to organizations that say, look, uh, we also leverage uh, third-party rendering services for our visual effects farms. So there's a lot of silos there. Part of what we are seeing now is everyone's definitely looking at how do we keep this thing simple? How do we make this a single namespace, eliminating those proprietary silos of storage and really reduce complexity? You know, I don't care if it's proxy media, mezzanine formats, or other assets. We want to be able to take all the way from ingest to project to play out. And that workflow has to be super seamless and still fit within their requirements, whether it's on-prem, in the cloud, or both. Yeah, and it's interesting you brought up silos a few times. And I think, unfortunately and ultimately, that, that's the, the the predicament that a lot of customers find themselves in, especially when there are multiple use cases within an environment, those don't typically lend themselves to one system. So a lot of customers find themselves dealing with the data silo or the copy data silo or just multiple copies, management challenges. And then, you know, along with that, it, it certainly brings scalability and performance challenges into the environment. One of the other topics that, that I know you guys talk about a lot that we're certainly talking about is the understanding that your storage is cloud ready or, or is your storage cloud ready. So there are lots of different competing products out there that offer the cloud adjacency model where a physical or software installation of one particular product may be hosted in a cloud adjacent data center which certainly helps most of the time to drive down some of the costs associated with the hyperscalers. But there's sometimes limitations as far as being a multi-tenant environment, how much access you have to hardware for performance, and then some availability concerns around some of those software deployments that are in public cloud and the limitations around that. I think one of the one of the greatest things about Cumulo and one of the reasons I'm a fan of the product is the analytic capability that's built right into the dashboard it gives you real-time insights immediately into 
your performance and capacity utilization, IO hotspots, throughput hotspots. There's no more finding the needle in the haystack, doing the tree walk, enumerating directories, trying to track down issues that in the past would consume a lot of time from an operational or administrative perspective, but these are real-time delivered analytics now, which makes life a whole lot easier. And then some of the auditing capabilities around compliance, the security of your data assets, different types of user activity, et cetera. I'll turn it back over to Brian uh, real quick if you have any any closing thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, I think the big takeaway here is a few things. One is you know, it's next-gen file data storage platform. You mentioned no tree walks. It works in real time for, for analytics. And definitely uh, something that we feel is the most efficient file system in the industry. We leverage 100% of that usable storage. Second, you mentioned uh, cloud-native, cloud-ready. Absolutely. Single file solution, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud or both. Like I mentioned, you can burst to compute in the major hyperscalers and really shift those workloads without application changes. And finally, third is the ability to be flexible. You're not locked down to a single hardware provider or a single cloud provider. The choice is always yours. That's awesome. Thanks, Brian. Certainly appreciate you participating today. And for all the everyone that, that's tuned in to the podcast, Veristore can absolutely help with your application performance analysis. There are workloads that you may be interested in, in moving to one of the cloud providers or you know, storage assessment services around migrations, archive, general sizing for performance and capacity. We're, we'd love to speak to you and, and help you with any of those challenges that you have. So for more information, you can join us or you can contact us at veristore.com. Thanks, everyone.